Hi and welcome to The Crime Pod. I'm Sam. And I'm Caitlin. Today I'm going to tell you about a murder that our listener Kiyomi requested as she grew up in this area. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of it, Caitlin, so Mm. here's hoping it's a new one for you, but it's probably really popular and you're like, I've heard this in the last time. (laughs) Okay. Um, So today I'm going to tell you about the murder of Jodie Jones. Happy New Year, everyone. Yeah. Caitlin. Happy New Year. I've actually still not seen you this year. No, no. Well, it can only get better. (laughs) Another year, another lockdown. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Um, But, you know, we just have to keep plodding along. Um, Have you heard of this story before? I think you may have. Yes, yes. I don't know all the ins and outs. I have. I know someone that has heard of it is my mum, who asked us to do this, and we didn't so oh. <laughs> we sorry, prioritize other people sorry oops I completely yeah. don't listen the minute to you this. said it I was like someone's asked us to do that for and I was like oh it's my mom <laughs> <laughs> okay well this is for Kiyomi and Tracy <laughs> um right so clearly I'm just the only person in life that hasn't heard of this yeah. but you know what it was quite interesting and I will I'll, I'll let you know some information about it so I'll begin and I'll give you a tiny bit of background information before we get into the no, the actual story. So Jodie was a 14-year-old girl and she lived in East Houses, which is kind of just in Dalkeith, which is in Midlothian. And she went to St David's RC High School. She was just your usual teenage girl. I would kind of maybe say more like a goth. And she had a boyfriend okay. who was in the same year as her. And he was called Luke Mitchell. And they were just your usual they were both 14 always hung out together and he was also I would class him as a goth as well so that's all the background I'm going to give you now fair enough yeah you don't need any more than that now on the 30th of June 2003 Jodie went out to see her boyfriend Luke around about 5 p.m um however alarm bells began to sound that night when she didn't return home so a search party began now Luke his dog, Jodie's gran, sister, and her sister's boyfriend went out to look that night for her. She was later found by her boyfriend Luke behind a wall in the woodlands about halfway along a path known as Rowan's Dyke in Dalkeith, which would have been the long path to go from East Houses where she lived um, to where Luke lived. Okay, so she definitely was on the way to his. Yes, or she was walking to somewhere. I'm guessing could have been easily one of her friends or something like that. However, she had been subjected to what prosecutors would later describe in court as a savage knife attack. She was found naked with her hands bound by trousers that she was wearing and she had been slashed multiple times with a knife and her throat had been cut. It was believed that Jodie was murdered between five o'clock and quarter to six that night on the 30th of June. That's like a good estimate. Yeah. And literally, you've got a 45 minute window, you know, so this could you know, it narrows it down quite a lot. So, like I said two seconds ago, Luke found Jodie's body, and Luke claims that his dog had led him to Jodie's body. However, him finding her body so easily and quickly in the pitch dark that night. I didn't want to say it. 
Mm-hmm. And in bad weather, you know, like not awful weather because it is June, but you know, it's Scotland, so it's not great. This would soon play a major part in the trial altogether. So this could have been the biggest mistake he's made going to the body right away. Or, you know, just a huge coincidence. His dog. That's a thing, though. You kind of have to argue that, yeah, because if you had hid a body, you're not going to be like, found it. Like, you're (laughs) going to probably want it to be someone someone else. Or it just isn't found yet. Yeah, exactly. Now, she was found behind a wall as well in this woodland. So, you know, it's not looking good for Luke right now. But I'm going to take you back to previously, before Jodie went missing. So we're still on the same day. It's the 30th of June. But Luke claims that he hadn't actually seen Jodie that night. And he last saw her at lunchtime in school because, you know, they went to the same school. They were in the same year, always hung out. But she got the bus home and he walked home. So he didn't see her at all that evening. Now, okay. they did exchange text messages whereby Jodie asked if he was coming out that night. And he replied and he was like, yeah, I will be, but I've got to make the dinner first. Now, their last text chat was at about 4.40pm and they were probably just making arrangements to meet each other. Now, Luke made the dinner. He was listening to music, etc. You know, he was just home from school. And his mum came home from work at 515 So prior to his mum coming home, he was supposedly home alone and he had no alibi. Okay. So he had been home from school at about four o'clock. So that's kind of an hour of a window. that. And I know it's like they've said that the body could have been any time, but that is in the time bracket. Even though it's right at the start, it still could be. Exactly. And I'm sure this time bracket wouldn't be like, on the nose, you know, like exactly 45 oh, yeah, minutes. Oh, yeah, that would be so hard to think about. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at the back of five, Jody still hadn't arrived at Luke's. So he had had his dinner and everything like that. So he went out to look for her. And he went between the estates and the route that she would presumably have walked. To Sorry, his. what year was this? So this was 2003. Right, okay, that's fine. Because that's why I was thinking, like, to go out and look for her is quite rogue. Like, would you not phone her? But, yeah. right, okay, that's the thing. I 2003, iPhones, okay. all that jazz, nothing. Okay. Now, whilst he was searching for her, he did see boys that he knew from school um, hanging about. So people did see him. And he waited about 25 minutes on the corner of, you know, kind of where the, the estate ended and everything. So that, you know, if she was walking past, he would have seen her. But yeah, still yeah. no Jody. So he called his house he was told by her mum that she had already left to, to yeah see, that's what yeah that's what i thought like why would he not call her first mm-hmm. to see if she had already left it's, yeah because that's uh-huh. like a basic thing where she could be like oh no sorry i'm still in the house like i've actually just not left yet my bad and he could have been like oh okay but annoying but that's fine like i know you're not on the way i don't get why he went out to look for her first mm-hmm. and without then, a phone call yeah, that's why I was like about phones and stuff. And I was like, maybe they don't phone each other on the house phone. But yeah, like if I was going out with somebody and they hadn't arrived on time, I'd check their house phone first. And then if it's, her mum was like, oh, she's left. And I'd be like, oh, okay, I can wander out and meet her then. But I wouldn't, you know. Yeah, you wouldn't just go and look and waste yeah, your time. Yeah, strange. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But after giving Jodie 45 minutes, she was still a no-show. So Luke went to New Battle Abbey, which is just... 
where he he was from and where kids kind of hang out and all that um and he called his friend and he claims he did this because he just thought oh Jodie's changed her mind went back home or she's met up with someone else you know she just doesn't want to meet up with me tonight now 25 minutes after he called his friend um his friend then showed up at New Battle Abbey and they they hung out for a bit and it's known that um Luke and all that they smoked weed and you know, right, okay. he was also known for maybe dealing it to some folk in school, but he was also a heavy user of the drug. Okay. So they, they hung out. And it was said that Luke arrived home just after 9pm. And he then okay. went on, and he says he went on to watch a video until he then received a message from Jodie's mum asking where she was at about half past 11 at night. Now, wow. Yeah. So obviously he didn't know where she was so that's when back to the start of this I said that they all went out looking for her and he found the body yeah now a witness said that they had seen a boy and a girl along the path from where Jodie's body was found at about 10 to or 5 to 5 now his description was consistent of that of Jodie and Luke and it also included a green parka jacket which Luke had been wearing in the months prior to the murder and was actually wearing the day of the murder. However, this coat could not be located when the police searched his home on the 4th of July 2003. Oh. So a few days later, this coat could not be found. Now, claims from neighbours and everyone had been made that the log burning stove in Luke's back garden had been used twice on the evening of Jodie's murder which some neighbours also said let off a strange smell. So it wasn't just logs burning. However, again, 2003, no forensic evidence was taken from the burner. They took no evidence from that. Now, Luke was also known for carrying a four-inch lock knife, which also couldn't be located in the search. His mum had bought him a new replacement knife, And when the police searched Luke's house again in April 2004, they found the new knife and the case and inscribed on it was JJ 1989 to 2003. And a quote by Kurt Cobain. I had to Google it, but it's a Kurt Cobain quote. Quote, the finest day I ever had was when tomorrow never came. Oh, no. This was engraved on the knife pouch, which is fine. We know, you know, he's into that sort of stuff. He's gothic, etc., etc. But the thing yeah, is... But not writing the date his girlfriend was alive and murdered on his knife. Exactly. Oh. It's quite weird how, yeah, you're allowed to remember people who have died or been murdered. But someone who was murdered with a knife. Yeah, you don't and then you're carve the date on a knife. getting the blame for it. You're not going to be like, oh, I better carve the date of her death on my knife. What? Mm-hmm. So this is quite... It's just not all adding up right now. Now, Luke was questioned back in June, obviously when he found the body and his house was searched in July. Um, and he did become the main suspect. However, he wasn't arrested until 10 months after the murder. So he was arrested on the 14th of April, 2004, solely on circumstantial evidence. So there's no proof. Oh, and this is another one. I'm, sure, I'm pretty sure we've done quite a few episodes now it's all been circumstantial evidence. You know, the lack of evidence is quite, 
yeah you know and that's difficult because it depends how the kind of how the jury are feeling do you know what I mean if there's loads of circumstantial evidence then yeah whereas if they're like oh we think he did it because he's just a bit dodgy it's like yeah mm-hmm. fair play but that's not going to stand up in court exactly and this is another one where kind of death by media you know he was all over the news like a 14 year old girl had just been stabbed to death and yeah it's one of those where everyone's posting it everywhere and everyone's got an opinion exactly so his trial took place at the high court in edinburgh and throughout this he pleaded not guilty his alibi was that he was at home cooking the tea now his trial took 42 days which was the longest and most expensive of a single accused in scottish legal history so what was that? Quite interesting yes yeah, so oh, i didn't know that yeah for this single accused person so just one person it's um, the longest trial and the most expensive during the trial claims were made against luke as it was believed that he worshipped satanism and he loved marlon manson so you know i'm setting the scene here for what type of guy people presume oh, he is always marlon mm-hmm. manson isn't it exactly so he had bought a Marlon Manson CD two days after Jodie's murder. However, this was apparently the only Marlon Manson CD that he ever owned. There was no proof that he was a crazy fan of Marlon Manson before her murder or even after the murder. And again, just because you listen to Marlon Manson doesn't make you a murderer. Doesn't mean you murder, yeah. It doesn't no. mean you murder people. Mainly, maybe makes you a goth. Or maybe just you like maybe. that music. You know, it's like people again, you know, back to the whole, oh, they play violent video games. They listen to yeah, rock exactly. music. Exactly. So we're here. Now, on the goth point as well, Luke described himself as one. And he also used to scribble satanic symbols on his school books. Um, and like I said, he dealt cannabis and he was a heavy user yeah. of the drug. So he's just not your he's your average teenage boy but like maybe he's a wee bit different to your popular person so people start to judge now the prosecution also said that luke had taken an interest in the black dahlia case which um i'm not sure if you've heard of it so in 1947 it was a murder of a young woman in los angeles whose body was severely mutilated in a way that the crown alleged was similar to injuries suffered by Jodie. Um, if anyone's right. interested in the Black Dahlia, I listened to in, a couple of years ago or something, My Favourite Murder, which is another podcast that has an ap- episode on her. I'm not sure if your crime junkie may have an episode on it too. But... Maybe actually, yeah. So if you're interested in it, you can get more information there. It's a good one. Now, again, these are just claims as if he were to be if we were to be arrested right now with the amount of interest that we put on Google or searches yeah, exactly. of all these true crimes and murders, then we'd just be locked up for life if that's all that it takes to make someone a murderer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, one of the main things that stacked up against Luke was that he gave a false alibi. Oh, no. So, the reason for this is that Luke claimed he was in the house making the dinner. However, his own brother, Shane Mitchell, testified that he had been watching porn in the house at the time Luke said he had been there. So under cross-examination, Shane said he would only have done this if he thought the house to be otherwise empty. 
He also said he had not seen Luke in the house that afternoon, so this all failed to corroborate his defence mm. of being at home at the time of his murder. And it's his own brother mm. saying that. You know? Now, oh God. this isn't looking good for him at all. Now, in response to the prosecution accusation that only prior knowledge could have explained the way Luke was able to discover the body lying behind a wall, you know, they were like, well, he had to have known it was there. Lawyers for Luke's defence said he had been aided by his dog. Now, the dog was able to smell Jody, etc., and search for it and take him there. Now, to allow the jury to explore the plausibility of these claims, a mock-up wall was put up in Parliament House across from Edinburgh High Court in the Old Town. Um, so the jurors got to go and look and see what it was like. And also the the jury had got to visit the murder scene just to, mm. you know, kind of get a view of what we're looking at here. Now, this whole time, Luke maintained his alibi. He said that he was at home the time of the murder, he was cooking tea, and he was still pleading not guilty. Now, as you can see, the, the trial, there's not much evidence. There's literally no evidence. It's all just circumstantial. So, on the 21st of January, 2005, the jury found Luke guilty after just five hours. Mm. So Luke, age 16 at the time of his conviction, was condemned as being truly wicked by, by Judge Lord Nimmo Smith. Mm-hmm. He was also found guilty of a separate charge of supplying cannabis. So they got him on the drugs as well. Now, Luke's sentencing took place on the 11th of February 2005 and the judge, Nimmo Smith, told Luke that he would spend a minimum of 20 years in prison before being considered for parole 20 years all on circumstantial evidence but the hate and the kind of the coincidences that don't add up has caused him to be put in prison for 20 years which is a long time but Mm. kind of five years four years time that would be up yeah which is mad He's still in jail, not to ruin the story for you, he's still in jail, but in March 2006, that's when he started his first appeal. Now, at the High Court, the criminal appeal in Edinburgh, he wanted to appeal his first time on the grounds of the trial. Judges refused to hear the original case outside of the city. So they would only hear it within Edinburgh. I don't know if it's some kind of law thing, but the, the judges were just like, no, we're not taking this appeal any further. We're not taking it to the UK High Court, anything like that. Edinburgh High Court, we'll see if we can do it. Now, yeah. So that he, he put his appeal in in March 2006. In November 2006, Luke won the right to appeal against his conviction for murder. Now, Luke's legal team had wanted a number of grounds for appeal to be heard, but the judges said only one would be allowed. So Scotland's senior judge, the Lord Justice General, Lord mm-hmm. Hamilton, said that he would allow a ground of appeal, claiming that the trial judge erred in refusing to move Luke's case out of Edinburgh following publicity ahead of the proceedings. So again, it was death by media, as always. Now, Lord mm-hmm. Hamilton, who was sitting with Lord Kingarth and Lord McLean, said... 
We have come with some hesitation to the view that this ground is arguable. There is an argument that the trial judge failed duly to take into account the circumstances that the publicity might have had an impact of particular strength and not only the immediate locality of the crime but in somewhat wider area embracing the city of Edinburgh and other towns in the Lothians. Now he said there was a huge media fanfare surrounding the trial and this may have affected the final outcome. The fact that the jury were not put into a hotel for the night of the decision has also been cited as a factor. Now the Court of Criminal Appeal in Edinburgh heard Luke's appeal in February 2008 so this is two years later but in May 2008 his mm -hmm. original convic conviction was upheld so that first appeal they fought and fought and fought they even said look the media were completely involved there was quite a few faults in here but mm -hmm. they didn't care now yeah, yeah. in May 2008 the judge's verdict that was given so a couple months later and sitting over the appeal were Lord Osborne Lord Kingarth and Lord Hamilton and they delivered their decision and they ruled that there was sufficient evidence in law that Luke Mitchell could be convicted on and rejected other grounds of appeal yet they stated that police questioning of Luke on the 14th of August 2003 had been outrageous and was to be deplored oh. so on the 14th of August 2003 the police questioned Luke but without a solicitor present, mm -hmm. they, they were just like, you don't need one. So that was kind of, you know, that was outrageous. They did it without yeah. legal. It was kind of illegal. Kind but of. But they, they didn't take into account that at the time. And also the second time around, they were just like, nah, we don't care. Um, I'll take you back a year as well. In May 2007, BBC Scotland, uh, they put out a documentary. Um on TV and it was broadcast about the case um, and they explored a different theory. So this theory wasn't followed up by police during the initial investigation. So their theory was that the murder may have been committed not by Luke but by a student and heavy drug user who was alleged to have handed in an essay about killing a girl in the woods mm. a few weeks before the murder. Now, a friend of the suspect saw him soon after the murder and claimed that he was heavily scratched about the face. The satanic scribblings on Luke's school books, such as I Have Tasted the Devil's Green Blood, may have been influenced by a computer game monologue from the video Max Payne, which was really popular back in the time, rather than being, you know, satanic versus, like, that he was worshipping the devil and all that jazz. Now, the documentary also covered the common misconception that Luke was an obsessive Marlon Manson fan, like we've already mm -hmm. said. Um, and also, they, they said that he didn't have that keen an interest in the Black Dahlia murder because there's no evidence on his computer that he even Googled the Black Dahlia murder. I get, mm -hmm. obviously, 2003, the more accessible to books, etc. But, you know... There was also computers. Now, like I said earlier, he only had one Marlon Manson CD. Mm -hmm. So that was in 2007. I believe that Jody, it was said that Jody Jones's pa um, parents and family didn't agree with this documentary. But then it was also said in other links that they didn't actually watch it. So there's nothing really 
on that front that I can give you. Now, because in 2008, those three judges, they threw out the appeal against his conviction, um, he did keep trying um, to appeal, but they just kept putting it off and off and off. Um, he, to this day as well, he still says he's innocent, but mm-hmm. in 2015, okay, mm-hmm. only, I'd say, six years ago, <laughs> in 2015, a local man was digging next to a dry stone dike when he found a knife with a dark brown wooden handle. And this dry stone dike was only about a few metres away from where Jodie's body was found. Okay. And so this knife had been buried. And the, the local man, he said, stones had been moved from the dike and put back on top of it. The man, who has no connection to, the, to um, Luke or to Jodie's family, he's just a local business owner, he realised the potential, the significance of this knife, so he picked mm-hmm. it up with pliers he didn't touch it. He put it in a freezer bag to preserve it. And then he handed it into Dalkeith Police Station. And he told the police that they should check this out due to the Jodie Jones murder. Now, the man said that the knife looked like it had been there a very long time. So, you know, the mm-hmm. murder was, what, 12 years ago from when he found the knife. So I guess it could add up. Now, the police treat this Jodie Jones case as a closed case. So, you know, they're like, we've already trialled and convicted the murderer. Why why are we going to open it up again? So, to this day, the police have still not tested the knife for DNA. Now, this could be crucial evidence. Yeah. Now, the knife, it may have no DNA on it whatsoever from the both of them. It may have DNA from Jodie and Luke. It may just have DNA from Jodie mm-hmm. and someone else. But they are not doing anything with it. Now Detective Chief Inspector Suzanne Chow from the Homicide Governance she added we are satisfied that all relevant items obtained during the investigation into the murder of Jodie Jones were subject to appropriate forensic analysis resulting in the arrest and conviction of Luke Mitchell for Jodie Jones's murder. Mm-hmm. Now that's not good. Just if you've got mm-hmm. a knife I know it probably takes a lot more work than I'm just saying just test it for DNA but you know just test it for DNA (laughs) now I'm going to jump back uh, forward to an article I read that was typed up in 2019 now Dr Sandra Lane who has been working with Luke for years trying to get his appeals and everything like that um, she said that at the time in 2003 a man left a used condom yards away from where the body was found Mm. and lived in a house looking over the path in Midlothian where her body was found Mm. but that wasn't looked at at the time either so he is serving Luke is serving life in prison prison for this murder but they haven't even really looked into like the knife or even the condom so the person that they found the condom for was that his story he went down the path that night to masturbate because he didn't have any privacy because he shared a room with his brother and then he just left it there it's like no what do you want so he disregarded the condom and then went back up and went home right (laughs) it's like okay now the dr lane she accused police of um 
just you know you're just botching up everything you're just mm-hmm. blaming Luke because that's the easiest kind of option for you um so it's not doing really it's not doing great now also Luke claims that the police cornered him in a bathroom and they tried to force him to confess to Jodie's murder now this it's not looking great for the police but um again dr lane she's led a series of failed appeals for luke mm-hmm. um and she said that the mystery man believed he was out between 8 p.m and 9 p.m on the 30th of june 2003 so mm-hmm. you know jody died about 5 p.m okay mm-hmm. this guy would have had to have walked over the dead body yeah exactly to do that. right so, there's a lot of people are still, you know, on Luke's side and they're they're really campaigning for the police to to investigate a wee bit more or, you know, take some DNA evidence from the knife and everything like that because he's lost many of appeals. Um but police chief chiefs um they're satisfied they have the right man. They're not looking for anyone else in connection with Jody's murder. They're completely like, No, this is fine. And detective Chief Superintendent Clark Cousin said, mm-hmm. following, following the discovery of 14-year-old Jodie Jones' body within a wooded area in East House's Midlothian on the 30th of June 2003, a thorough investigation was conducted by Lothian Borders Police. Extensive mm-hmm. forensic analysis was carried out along with door-to-door inquiries and other investigative techniques, and a full report of the circumstances was submitted to the prosecutor fiscal. So they are absolutely believe that it was Luke. They're like, look, we've yeah. done everything we can. We're not doing anything else. Um, there's probably a, some more uh, articles that you can look online, but everything is really just saying right now, the most recent ones are he's appealing again. He still believes he's innocent. He is not pleading guilty ever because he does not belong in jail. Um, but that is the murder of Jodie Jones. Wow, that's yeah. actually even though I knew it, I didn't know all that information about it. Mm-hmm. It's such a bizarre one, isn't it? Yeah, it's interesting. So, what are your thoughts and feelings on this whole thing? It's that complicated thing where, like, I do think the boyfriend's suspicious, but I don't like the reasons why they believe he's suspicious. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yes. I don't like the fact they're like, ah, he listened to Marlon Manson. I'm like, oh, that doesn't mean anything. But his actions don't really make sense. So I'm kind of like, oh, I see why you think he's suspicious. Because the guy does seem a bit weird. Yeah, exactly. His knife went missing. His jacket went missing. Yeah, He so doesn't have like an that. alibi. Mm-hmm. That you but are then, like, I totally understand why people are like, nah, he's got something to do with it. But then when they're like, he bought a Marlon Manson CD. I'm like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> that can't really do anything. Yeah. There's a lot of pros and and also against the fact that he did it there's it's just too much and like obviously we're two people on a podcast who can't solve a murder but um, yeah yeah we're just like there's just not enough physical evidence like if you've got the no. chance to put to look at dna from a knife that was found just do it yeah just but do at the I mean. same time if they do that and they find out it was someone else the police have a lot of you know if they yeah. put a man in jail for what 15 years so far yeah but yeah. I know I just I'm really surprised they haven't checked a lot of it out to be honest mm-hmm. yeah especially because his mum um looking 
looks mum. He she's been fighting this whole time as well, and he's got lawyers and everything, um, shouting appeals and trying to get his innocence. So it's it's a hard one. But then it is that thing as well where there mustn't be there must be something. Do you know what I mean? Because they could easily just say, right, okay, like let him out of mm-hmm. prison. Do you know I mean there isn't any evidence? But there, it's not there has about to be something. Yeah. So even if it's not concrete evidence, there's so many things that you're like, ah, oh, that doesn't look great. Oh yeah, that doesn't look great. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it's another one of those ones where, like I've said a million times throughout this, the media can really destroy someone's 100 percent, and that's the thing they got involved and they started saying things and that does make it difficult you know mm-hmm. <sighs> it's such a weird one mm-hmm. but no thank you for doing that i think yeah it'd be good to hear people's opinions on this one actually it'd be yeah. good if people could let us know if you think the boyfriend did it or not oh uh-huh, absolutely um our instagram is our handle is the crime pod underscore so give us a follow or give us a message. Um, we don't have any other means of communication, but just let us know. Or if you know us in person as well, you can talk yeah, to us. Yeah, tell us. But yeah, no, it'd be good to know people's mm-hmm. opinions on this. Anyway, a good so, one to start the year, Sam. Yes. So here's to a better and less restrictive 2021 and all the best. <laughs>